Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. It's really hard to make sure that you're getting the right information sometimes. None of us have the financial, logistical, you know, any sort of ability to fight off a criminal charge. They're having quite possibly the worst day or week of their life. I wish I, you know, didn't have to um, walk on eggshells, you know. Criminal liability is a very different kind of consequence and one that none of us were prepared for when we went to medical school or chose OBGYN as our um, specialty of choice. I am here to be a physician and just take care of the patient in front of me. Since the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade in June last year, we've talked on this show with a range of people whose lives and work have been deeply affected by changes in access to abortion. In Missouri, a ban triggered by the Dobbs decision has all but eliminated abortion except in extraordinary cases. And those cases, as we've discussed on this show, play out in places where pregnant patients go for care exam rooms, and hospitals. So today, we are talking with two doctors who work as obstetrician gynecologists here in the St. Louis area to gain insight into the realities they face as medical professionals providing care for pregnant patients. Joining me in studio is Dr. David Eisenberg, OBGYN with Washington University and former medical director of Planned Parenthood in the St. Louis region and Southwest Missouri, uh, a role he held from 2009 to 2019. Welcome. Thank you. Really appreciate the opportunity. And joining us remotely is Dr. Jeannie Kelly, a Washington University OBGYN who specializes in high-risk obstetrics and currently serves as medical director of the care clinic at Washington University. Welcome to you too. Thank you so much for having me. Mm -hmm. And thanks so much to you both for being on the show. What has been the most notable change to your work as an obstetrician since Roe v. Wade was overturned, Dr. Eisenberg? Well, you know, I've been here in the St. Louis region providing care since about 2009. And over the last, you know, 13, 14 years, the ability to provide specifically abortion care has become more and more difficult and more and more challenging. Um, And with the Dobbs decision, it eliminated the little bit of access that was left in the state of Missouri for people who need abortion care. And let's, you know, set the stage to just understand that, you know, pregnancy is a a normal human health condition. And about one in four people who become pregnant will need an abortion in their lifetime. It's a very common thing. It's a Mm. part of basic reproductive and sexual health care. And since the Dobbs decision, the people who need abortion care in the state of Missouri are people who are generally having to leave the state for that care, except for those very narrowly defined medical emergencies. And we are still providing that care at the mm-hmm. medical center. So in addition to that, the, the care that you are continuing to provide, Dr. Kelly, what else has not changed about your work since the Dobbs decision last June? Sure. So uh, I'm on the obstetric side of OBGYN, and I specifically take care of complicated pregnancies. 
part of the complication can be that mom is really sick and has other conditions that make her pregnancy high risk. So that's high blood pressure, diabetes. Um, she may have a transplant and we get some really complicated cardiac disease um, as examples. Mm. So for those moms, pregnancy is really a big stress on their bodies. And some cases, uh, their you know the pregnancy pushes their boundaries of what their bodies can physiologically accommodate, and we do reach that medical emergency or we reach that place where if the pregnancy continues, um, you know it really puts their life, their health, and you know the the pregnancy itself at risk. Mm-hmm. And in those circumstances, if the pregnancy is at a viable gestational age where we can help the baby on the outside, we deliver and help the baby on the outside. But if that happens before the baby is viable, um, then that is abortion care. Yeah. So that, at this point, has not changed mm-hmm. for those medical emergencies. Now, how would you characterize your conversations with patients now compared to what they were before, Dr. Eisenberg? Yeah, you know, one thing that I think has changed a lot is people's understanding of whether abortion is still available at all. Mm -hmm. And those medical emergencies, like Dr. Kelly was mentioning, that sometimes don't show up until later in pregnancy, are things that even healthcare providers may not be aware that we are able to still provide that care under those medical emergency exceptions. Um, And so I think it's important that patients know that if they do need this kind of general basic, you know, healthcare related to their pregnancy, that they see their doctor and that their doctors know that they can refer them to us at the medical center if necessary. Um, And that if they don't have a medical emergency and they've chosen to not continue a pregnancy, they can still seek that care in many different places around the country. And we're very lucky that we're right across the river from Illinois, which does have state-level laws that protect access to abortion care. Mm -hmm. So in the case where you have patients who are worried that they might not be able to access abortion care, and Dr. Eisenberg, you're talking about people who there are many people who don't have an understanding of what is actually possible. Um, you know, what do you say to them uh, in the case of a threat to their health? You know, the fact of the matter is that when uh, someone is experiencing a medical emergency where we can still do their abortion under state law in Missouri, they're having quite possibly the worst day or week of their life. Right, right. And almost exclusively, these are folks who are in the midst of, um, you know, a desired pregnancy with a highly undesired outcome, obviously. This is not what they were planning for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Dr. Kelly and I do the best we can to help them and their family understand the choices. And many times, you know, it's a question of what's the least bad option. Mm-hmm. And choosing to end a pregnancy is sometimes um, the choice that families make. And we want them to have that opportunity to do that as soon as possible before their health condition further deteriorates to the point that some things might be irreversible. Right. And so we try to provide that uh, intervention and that abortion procedure as early as we can in mm-hmm. that process. So you have mentioned uh Illinois and that abortion being uh, something that is um, more accessible there. Dr. Kelly, if a parent, uh, a patient that is, tells you that they want an abortion, whether it's due to the pregnancy being non-viable, you know, the fetus not being able to survive, or their life is at risk and you, know, you work in high-risk obstetrics, are you allowed to refer them to physicians in Illinois who will perform the procedure? 
Yes. So for for the patients who are experiencing a medical emergency, you know, th- those are unfortunately not ones that should leave the hospital or leave our care. And we are fortunate enough that we're able to still provide that care completely here in Missouri. But for the folks who don't fall into that category, you know, just like with any other medical condition, if, if our center does not offer what they need or want for care, um, we do refer those patients out, um, you know, and tell them that they can access that care elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Note, we have spoken with Melissa Farmer on this program, and she was in a situation wherein her water broke much too early, and there was no way to save that desired pregnancy, right? When it comes to treatment of miscarriages, how has the Dobbs ruling and then what rules are now in place in Missouri affected that? So I will say that, you know, miscarriage is an extremely common occurrence in pregnancy. People who are experiencing a miscarriage are having the medical diagnosis of a spontaneous abortion. People may not like that language, but that's the medical diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Um, And the fact is that the procedural care, whether that's medication or actual surgical procedure, is the same as induced abortions, people who are choosing to actively end a pregnancy. And that care is one that, you know, just like the patient who's experiencing that crisis of a medical emergency, this is a different kind of crisis. Mm -hmm. And it's one that you shouldn't have to be delayed in getting that care. And the story that Melissa tells, I mean, what a brave person to be able to talk about what likely is the worst experience she's ever been through Mm -hmm. and made worse by a misunderstanding around these state level prohibitions on access to care, that hospitals turned her away when they should have provided the emergent care that she needed, which is a completion of her incomplete spontaneous abortion. Mm-hmm. That was the medical diagnosis she presented to two hospitals with before she finally got herself to Illinois. And the unfortunate reality is not everybody has the kind of um, grit, I guess you'd call it, or mm-hmm. resources maybe that Melissa had. And the people who are most likely to suffer these kinds of really difficult challenges are people who are least able to access care, either because of their insurance status, their financial status. And we know, based on research that we've done at our hospital and medical school mm-hmm. regarding state level abortion restrictions, that when res- abortion restrictions are present, it compromises maternal health Mm -hmm. and it results in higher rates of maternal mortality and we see significantly higher rates for people of color native american people and so that's really the kinds of health consequences that we see every day in our practice right now when we were speaking with melissa farmer an attorney who was representing her one of the things that melissa did say is that doctors you know they they said they wanted to perform the abortion for her, but they could not. So insofar as guidance goes, and we are talking in a situation, we're not in an emergency room, there isn't uh, you know, a, a life-threatening sort of situation right in front of us, either in the studio or, or Dr. Kelly in front of you. But do you have solid guidance on what constitutes a medical emergency of a pregnant patient under Missouri law? Dr. Kelly. So yeah, I will say that um, sometimes that can be um, a hard, a hard, uh, you know, thought process. We at our hospital felt it was really important to lay that groundwork out, and we have 
um, you know, a great team made up of, you know, high risk obstetricians such as myself and, um, you know, complex family planning physicians like Dr. Eisenberg, who have helped along with lawyers who help us interpret the law to know what a medical emergency is. Mm -hmm. And we've been told, you know, we are the specialists, we are the experts, we are the ones, we are the physicians who are able to determine if this is a medical emergency um, that would fall under purview of what is stated. Mm -hmm. And we have that reassurance from, you know, our institution, our hospital and our leadership. Mm -hmm. Um, But that isn't necessarily the case across the board, um, you know, in the state. And I'm not sure that, you know, every doctor has that, um, has been given that confidence to essentially do our jobs as we were trained to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that and that falls through the entire spectrum of healthcare, right? So any doctor who takes care of a pregnant child, woman, person, so that is this full spectrum of pediatricians through surgeons and every surgical subspecialty. Um, I think this is something that they are scared of and worried about, um, you know, in every state that has an abortion ban. And I was going to just add, if I may, um, you know, because I've been at the medical center since 2009 providing abortion care in Missouri, we had a comfort level with this kind of medical emergency exception language that has been in the law in Missouri regarding the state-mandated 72-hour same physician consent for induced abortion you know, for a long time. So we had our hospital um, administrators, general counsel, our physicians were comfortable with that language and understood, had a sense of what would or wouldn't be qualified as a medical emergency, which a lot of other institutions in Missouri haven't because they either had institutional prohibitions or they're religiously affiliated in ways that prohibit them from being able to provide this care. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't have as much of a challenge, in my opinion, as some of my colleagues at other institutions did about trying to understand understand when or can I intervene and help a patient. Mm -hmm. We're going to take a quick break here, but we'll be exploring this more when we return. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. Now back to our conversation with Washington University obstetrician gynecologists, Dr. Jeannie Kelly and Dr. David Eisenberg. The termination of pregnancy to save the life of a pregnant person is the only case in which abortion is now legal in Missouri. How much risk is there for a doctor who performs the procedure versus the risk for the institution. And Dr. Eisenberg, before the break, you, know, you had referred to hospital decision makers like you know, an ethics committee maybe or an in-house counsel. You know, what, is, what does that sort of come to insofar as risk goes? Well, you know, the fact of the matter is that abortion care is just like any other aspect of health care. And I think it's really important to emphasize that it is also a common aspect of pregnancy-related care. But in the midst of an emergency like you're describing, those kinds of life-threatening medical emergencies that we're still able to do abortions in the state of Missouri because of that legal protection, 
you don't want to have a situation where physicians have to decide, do I need to speak to a, a you know an, an attorney or an ethics board? You want someone who is comfortable with the kind of care that is necessary and their ability to provide it without second guessing, mm-hmm. because that kind of time and attention taken away from the patient is time that might result in a really bad health outcome. Right. We know that abortion-related care is life-saving care. And in these circumstances, that weight might be the difference between someone who does or doesn't have a good outcome. Mm-hmm. Dr. Kelly, in your experience, I mean, what has it felt like to, to deal with these conditions, you know, to balance medical liability um, with criminal liability that has not only to do with you, but also with the institution that you're working for? Sure. Um, you know, the what what we do, you know, we're very careful to make sure that everything that we do is within the boundaries of the law. Um, and so that we feel quite confident and secure about performing abortions in the event to save a mother's life um, and to prevent irreversible harm. That being said, I think that criminal liability uh, is is quite severe. Um, you know, <laughs> healthcare workers, we just went through a pretty horrific pandemic. I think all of us are uh, probably a little burnt out, a little tired. And for those of us who are in obstetric care, knowing that that is the, the legal threat looming over us, um, that that's a big deal, right? We all have families. We we all have student loans to pay back. You know, no none of us have the financial, logistical, you know, any sort of ability to fight off a criminal charge right now. Mm-hmm. And so that is a very very big deal, and I think something that all of us take very seriously. Yeah. And I was just going to add, you know, going into obstetrics and gynecology, many of us are aware of the fact that medical malpractice liability is something we have to be okay with Mm -hmm. because there are going to be bad outcomes for moms and babies, even if we do everything right. And the, you know, litigious nature of this country is such that we're all going to be eventually named as a defendant in a medical malpractice lawsuit practicing obstetrics for a 30 or 40 year career, for Mm -hmm. instance. But criminal liability is a very different kind of consequence and one that none of us were prepared for when we went to medical school or chose OBGYN as our um, specialty of choice. Um, But it is one that I personally, having chosen to specialize in abortion care, have become aware of over the last 12 to 14 years that I've been here in uh, Missouri because of these kinds of ever um, overlapping legal restrictions and, you know, legal efforts. But it is one that I'm so thankful to have the support of our institution and their help in deferring to what is best for our patients, Mm -hmm. what is best for the healthcare providers, um, is to not have to worry about that. And having some guidance, like Dr. Kelly mentioned before the break, has been really helpful for us to focus on our patients and the care that they need. Mm-hmm. Now, Dr. Eisenberg, earlier, you brought up maternal mortality rates, that is an outcome, and how those rates were expected to increase in the wake of the Dobbs decision. So, you know, to what extent is this now out of your control as a physician? You know, do you feel that your hands are tied in any way? You know, 
Again, I feel lucky that we are right here across the river from Illinois where many of our patients can get access to care where there's a state where abortion care is protected as a part of routine health care. But if you need additional to the research that we've done, there's been research out of Texas, which, you know, before the Dobbs decision had significant state-level prohibitions on abortion access. And so we're starting to see what's going to happen in other states like Texas and Missouri um, with an increasing number of people having maternal health consequences from not being able to end pregnancies. Um, And in in fact, just recently, um, there was a publication regarding the stillbirth rate in Texas Mm -hmm. going up by double digits, 10%. And what we know is people are going to be diagnosed with major medical complications for both mom and baby. And some of those pregnancies where the baby is so severely affected that it's incompatible with survival, mom and her partner or other loving, supporting people may help them make the choice to not continue that pregnancy. Right. And I can tell you, you know, the story my mom told me of the abortion she had in 1971 before I was born. The choice that she made to not continue a pregnancy that was highly complicated by the presence of an IUD at that time was to end a pregnancy because of the love of the children she already had. That's mm-hmm. her words, my brother and sister, mm-hmm. and the children she was going to have. That includes me. Right, right. People make a choice to end such devastating pregnancies out of love to avoid suffering. And there are many people in the state of Texas who can't do that anymore and continue pregnancies that are futile. And that's why we're seeing an increase in stillbirth rates. That's why we're seeing an increase in maternal medical complications. Dr. Kelly, in your work with pregnant patients, especially black women who are three times as likely to die from pregnancy-related causes as white women, how can they best advocate for themselves in healthcare settings as they exist right now? I think going in, um, asking questions, not being afraid to ask for a second opinion, a third opinion, a fourth opinion. Unfortunately, you know, not all places, not all hospitals, not all clinics have clear guidance of what is within and not within the law. And if something doesn't sound right, um, keep pushing, keep asking those questions. Um, and I, it's, it's, uh, it's hard. It's really hard to make sure that you're getting the right information sometimes from your, from your physician. And that's a hard place for the physician to be in. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, it's, it's never one person making those rules and making those calls. No one can provide obstetric care or abortion care or health care for that matter, um, alone. And, Unfortunately, um, you know, a lot of the times it's not the physicians who are making the actual call. Mm-hmm. And given that situation, and speaking of people, there is recruitment and retention. Have you observed that the Dobbs decision has had an effect on recruiting and retaining staff members here in Missouri, Dr. Kelly? For sure. So um, I think Dr. Eisenberg uh, has actually looked at this. So, you know, we have a a very robust and um, very renowned residency program in uh, training young doctors to be obstetrician gynecologists. And many times, you know, we are now seeing applicants come in telling us, you know, you are the only program that we've applied to in a state where uh, abortion is banned because we know that this is 
um, a facility that still abides by all of the training guidelines and um, provides that care, um, training for that care in the state of Illinois when needed. So I think, you know, we definitely have seen the ramifications of this law impact who comes here for training. Uh, and it's definitely on the forefront of all of the training minds of when they're trying to decide where to go. Yeah, so this past fall, we every fall, November, December, and maybe even into January, is a time frame where resident candidates, people graduating from medical school, will interview for their training program like ours. We are one of the top 10 OBGYN residency training programs in the country. Every year that I have been a faculty member since 2009, we have seen an increasing number of applicants until the fall of 2022 when we saw a 10% decrease. Mm. I can't say the exact reason, but I can say in the 12 people that I interviewed for um, residency on a Friday in November of 2022, 12 out of 12 of them told me it was affecting their decision, and two out of 12 of them told me this is the only program in a restricted state after the Dobbs decision that I'm interviewing at because I know your institution has committed to training me to be able to take care of all of the things my patients might need in the future. So it's viability of all kinds we're talking about. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. In this last minute, for each of you, how does it feel to have to be so careful about what you say, both in public forums like this one and in private conversations with patients? Um, Dr. Kelly. I think, um, you know, it is an additional level of stress that I think neither of us want. Sometimes you're like, I am here to be a physician and just take care of the patient in front of me. I wish I, you know, didn't have to, walk on eggshells, you know, around certain topics and just uh, provide care and do what I am here to do. So I would say that it is extra stress. Yeah, unfortunately, I have been doing this work long enough that I have uh, been a part of organized efforts to entrap abortion care providers for political gain um, and recognize that everything I say and everything I do might very well be recorded and somehow, you know, taken out of context. Um, But the truth is that when I'm taking care of my patients and talking to the, the trainees, the medical students, the residents, there isn't anything I say that I wouldn't say in public. I mean, the fact of the matter is that this is basic healthcare, and we want our patients to be informed about their pregnancy issues and their pregnancy options, and that sometimes the best choice is to end a pregnancy, and we want to be there to take care of them, just like when the best choice in the labor floor is to do a C-section rather than a vaginal delivery. Dr. David Eisenberg is an OBGYN with Washington University and former medical director of Planned Parenthood of the St. Louis region and Southwest Missouri. Dr. Jeannie Kelly is a Washington University OBGYN who specializes in high-risk obstetrics and serves as medical director of the care clinic at WashU. Dr. Kelly and Dr. Eisenberg, thank you so much for talking with us today. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I appreciate the opportunity. This episode was produced by Emily Woodbury with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. 
St. Louis on the Air proudly supports local artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com.